This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Monday, January 25th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today, we're just going to run down a few quick headlines that caught my eye over the weekend in the college football landscape, and then we'll toss to a podcast clip of Greg Biggins of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show talking about a program on the rise as we turn our attention the next week and a half or so to the recruiting trail and its happenings given that signing day is, oh, what, 10 days away. So we'll get to we'll get to all of that in a little bit. I want to start with the fact that Tennessee moved pretty quickly on its athletic director search, hiring Danny White from Central Florida late last week. And then there was some talk that a head coaching hire could happen within a 48 to 72 hour range. We have exceeded the 48 hour range. We are still within the 72 hour range, as I said here on Monday morning. It's very possible. Maybe it's even likely that something happens today for the Vols. Uh, I was reading the Go Vols 24-7 sports website late last night and then, then this morning again to just, just see what was going on from Wes and Patrick and, and Grant and, and Ryan and the guys. It looks like PJ Fleck was contacted but is is not going to take a job that just according to rumors is is being made as a big money offer here eight million a year if they can land a big name sitting power five head coach pj fleck doing a great job in minnesota looks like he's he's electing to stay there matt campbell same situation at iowa state Tennessee targeted another Midwest coach, James Franklin, who made his his name as a, the head coach of Vanderbilt a few hours away from Knoxville. So we'll we'll see if if that you know turns into a huge hire for the Vols or or a raise for James Franklin. And then there's one really interesting name to watch as far as kind of Tennessee's wish list, and that's Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott, who's been very picky about the schools that he has interviewed with. Uh, he will eventually be a head coach, of course. He turned down uh, any interest in Auburn this year. Maybe that was partly because Clemson was in the midst of a college football playoff run. It would be a, uh, I think it'd be a pretty good hire uh, for Tennessee if they if they got Tony Elliott. But given how picky he's been, you wonder if he would really eye a job that's surely going to come with some NCAA sanctions. So we'll see soon on what Tennessee is going to do. Directly related to Tennessee is. The transfer portal has been absolutely hopping the last few days. I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, the 24-7 Sports Transfer Portal, and Chris Hummer's doing a great job breaking all the big news there. I mean, you look at the weekly list of who who made the portal and, and who committed from the portal. It's it's a who's who of, of college football players. You already knew Eric Gilbert was in there, the five-star tight end from LSU. There's buzz that a few extra big names could enter the portal this week. I won't spoil anything that is uh, protected by their VIP team sites, but but some pretty large names in, in the college football landscape. Last week alone, uh, we already saw Ryan Helensky, a uh, former freshman starter for South Carolina. He's transferring to Northwestern. Wandale Robinson, the jack-of-all-trades dynamic player from Nebraska, transferring back home to Lexington, Kentucky. He'll play for the Wildcats this fall. Tyreek Stevenson, a top 40 recruit, transferred from Georgia. 
really for no reason, it seemed, and he's going to play at Miami. TCU landed Memphis's TJ Carter, former 24-7 sports true freshman All-American. Mississippi State landed Jalen Green, a former top 50 recruit from Texas, a cornerback. So there's, it's, if you need a good player, the transfer portal is where you look. Some new names who entered last week, Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan running back who didn't do too much in 2020, but in 2019 was one of the best freshman backs in football. 726 yards, 11 touchdowns. Texas's Keontae Ingram also entered the portal. So if you need running backs, that might be the, the best position uh, in which to find one because there are so many of them in football and then they all kind of want to be the guy. Speaking of running backs, Eric Gray was one of a handful of Tennessee players who entered the portal. Eric Gray was a former top 200 recruit. He was one of the best running backs in the SEC last year. He's already visited Texas and Oklahoma this past week. And so we've got a Red River rivalry showdown for Eric Gray's services. He would be a, a huge addition for either of those big 12 teams and he's got a few Tennessee teammates who are on the move as well I'm sure you saw this last week Henry Toto top 50 recruit in in 2019 one of the the biggest Tennessee wins ever he's on the move is it going to be Alabama USC Michigan maybe Oregon those are the schools in the mix Quavaris Crouch the linebacker uh, signee for Tennessee in the same class he's also transferring and then uh, Wanye Morris the five-star offensive tackle from that same Tennessee class uh, as Gray and Toto and Crouch he's actually already transferred to Oklahoma. So maybe Oklahoma is is uh, becoming Tennessee West. But regardless, that kind of all loops back to Tennessee. Uh, they've got another player who, uh, a former five-star tackle, Darnell Wright, hasn't entered the portal yet. But when you go to the Vols 24-7 message board, it's, it's has he entered yet? When is he entering? Or we're just kind of biding our time until he does. Tennessee's probably got to get a head coach soon uh, before this, this gets even worse. Because as Chris Homer wrote last week, he has never seen an evening in the transfer portal as he did on Wednesday when the Vols had three of those four guys enter the portal in, in the span of an hour and, and had their roster go from team that has the 15th most talent in college football in, in the 2020 season to a team with the same number of five stars as the South Carolina Gamecocks, which is sort of just a no offense to the Gamecocks, but Chris used that parallel to, to draw a line between here's here's where the teams who are contending, here's how much talent they have, and here's the teams who are going to be in your cellar of the SEC, here's how much talent they have, and the Vols are all of the sudden in the cellar. And then circling back again, I mentioned the Red River rivalry at Texas versus Oklahoma for the services of Eric Gray. There was another Texas OU storyline last week, late last week in college football. AO.com reported that Mike Stoops, Alabama defensive analyst, former Arizona head coach, two-time Oklahoma defensive coordinator, was going to be hired as Texas's linebackers coach and that, that it was set to happen. And that was, I believe, late Thursday night. When Texas fans and, and boosters and donors saw that news on Twitter, I don't want to say shot it down, but their anger was heard, I, I should say. And by Friday morning, uh, Steve Sarkeesian was denying the fact that he was going to ever hire Mike Stoops. Texas ended up hiring Montana State head coach Jeff Choate to be his co-defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach, you kind of feel sorry for Mike Soups. I mean, you absolutely feel sorry for Mike Soups. There's his, his Twitter account. He was liking Texas things. He was liking a Matthew McConaughey tweet. Um, but you kind of understand uh, the Texas backlash of you're hiring a Stoops. 
are you really doing this? And, and are you really hiring? Like if you're going to hire a stoop, it's, it's Mike, uh, it's not Bob and it's not Mark. So it seems like Mike Stoops is headed back to Alabama where he'll be at least on the staff in some capacity, perhaps again, as a defensive analyst, but that's just, I think Steve Sarkeesian learned a pretty quick lesson on Thursday night about the power, not just of the fan base really, um, but of, of the big money donors. And if they don't like something, they're going to tell you and they're going to change your mind and you might not have as much power as you think you do. One more headline before we dive into some recruiting odds and ends. This is big news in the collegiate sporting world. Uh, it, it's affecting off-season football conditioning in Michigan. It's something for you college basketball junkies uh, to keep an eye on as well. But the Wolverines have paused athletics for two weeks starting last Saturday uh, following positive tests for that new coronavirus strain that was d- uh, discovered within the Michigan Athletic Department. That strain, uh, SAR-CoV-2B117, is believed to be approximately 50% more transmittable. It doesn't look like this was Michigan's decision. This looks like it was the State Department of Health and Human Services. They, they mandated that they close all facilities and they pause all team activities. So if your football, that affects your winter conditioning. It's a much bigger deal for the men's and women's basketball teams, though. So this is hopefully not a domino that we're going to have to be tracking uh, later this spring because I, I'm really, I'm really kind of over having to do that on the college football daily. All right. So this the next few days, next week and a half, we're going to be diving into some nitty gritty on the recruiting trail. So it's January 25th right now. Signing day is, is Wednesday, February 3rd. It's always the first Wednesday of February. It's hard It's hard to believe signing day is coming up. Unfortunately, because of the early signing period, it's less and less of a big deal every year. When I first started at 24-7 Sports in, in the winter of 2014, this was our Super Bowl. And now this is kind of like our NFL wild card. There's just not many kids left to uh, left to make decisions. But there is still uh, enough, enough drama, enough intrigue, enough left to see what happens that I would hope everyone will be tuning in. The festivities really start on Wednesday, the 27th. 24-7 Sports at 11 Eastern will do its third annual five-star reveal show where we're going to reveal all 32 five-stars in the top 247 rankings. Those are our own rankings that end up factoring into the 24-7 sports composite. That's at 11 a.m. That will be on 24-7 Sports' Facebook and YouTube channels hosted by Josh Pate. And then CBS Sports HQ will be cutting those videos up and putting them on the website. It's it's a fierce battle. JT Tuimoloa or Corey Foreman? Who's going to be number one? I, I saw the list the other day. Won't spoil anything. Hoping to have some members of the rankings council on this week to talk about the debates they're having and the dilemmas they're facing. But in a weird year with some of these kids not even getting to play football, it was probably extremely difficult to choose 32 five stars. And, and in fact, as of right now, there are only there are only 10 or 11 2021 players with a five-star designation. So we got to get 20 more kids, a five-star rating. It's, it's going to be a pretty big day. And then as far as signing day goes, Tui Molowau, the aforementioned candidate to be number one overall, he's not expected to make a decision between Alabama, Ohio State, and a few of the West Coast schools. He, he could take it past signing day, but he's, of course, the biggest fish left out there. There are a few others, Terrion Arnold, a safety down in Florida, choosing between Florida, Alabama, Georgia, LJ Johnson, running back in Texas. That's a Texas versus Texas A&M battle. There's a few kids left on the board. Steve Wolfong did a top 10 uncommitted players and where they're leaning story last week. Uh, I encourage you to go find that and check that out. Uh, one of those players is Rajon Davis, uh, linebacker, number 45 player in the 24-7 sports composite. Was a longtime LSU commit. 
did not sign with the Tigers in the early signing period, as was projected, and is now trending toward the USC Trojans. Rajon is from California, and I was listening to Greg Biggins and Blair Angulo on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, which you should go subscribe to uh, and rate, uh, along with doing the same for for the Late Kick Show with Josh Pate. I was looking to Greg Biggins talk about Rajon Davis, who I, I just didn't know too much about, and he said even last year in the state of California, Rajon was his favorite, most complete linebacker in Southern California. That includes Justin Flo, who was a top 10 recruit who signed with Oregon, who's going to be a headhunter for the Ducks in the next few years. So it looks like Rajon Davis is a really big deal. And it would be a really big deal for USC if they can land him, because it, it, in case you forgot, last year the Trojans had the number 64 recruiting class in the country, their worst ever by far, and just absolutely turned up the heat on Clay Helton, who somehow rebounded this season with the number eight recruiting class, including Corey Foreman, the number one player in the 24-7 sports composite rankings for now. Corey already has signed. And in part, their their boost up to number eight was led by an early start on the recruiting trail. And they had the same early start for the 2022 class over the weekend in landing five-star cornerback Damani Jackson, uh, the number three player in the, in the country, chiseled 6-1 corner who's it's, it's the latest example that the Trojans are finally starting to take back the West. Now, the, the burden is still on USC to win and to do so in a, in a full season and for Clay Helton to prove that he's the right man for the job or else any early start in 2022 will fall apart. But for now, when you look at USC's 2022 class and you see a five-star and, and two four-stars, including a quarterback, you probably feel pretty good about the Trojans. So we're going to toss, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to toss to Greg Biggins and Blair Angulo um, talking specifically specifically for USC about their pursuit of Rajon Davis and whether they can finish the deal here for the four-star top 50 recruit from California who they desperately need to keep home and why Greg likes Rajon so much. Uh, the first voice you will hear will be Greg's talking about uh, what he's going to do with his crystal ball. They're going to talk about their, that for a few minutes and then that will end today's episode of the College Football Daily. Uh, thanks for listening to it. Uh, we'll be back uh, Tuesday with a guest interview, but for now, we'll let Greg Biggins and Blair Angulo finish the show. The College Football Daily will be right back. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. My crystal ball is currently with USC. I think they've kind of just done a really good job recruiting him over the course of the year. They, they never stopped. You know, even though he committed last January to LSU, they, they never stopped. They kept going after him with multiple coaches. He's, you know, very close with the whole entire staff, uh, whether it be, you know, Dante Williams, Clay Helton, Coach Orlando, Michael Hutchins, they're all after him. He's close with a lot of the guys in the 21 class. Corey Foreman just recently signed there. Those two have talked about wanting to play together for most of the year. And so I, I think right now USC is probably the team to beat. And uh, he will make a signing day decision. Hopefully, if we do, um, he's open to potentially announcing uh, with us if we do another CBS signing day show like we did in, in, in December. But uh, that is the story right now with Mr. Rajon Davis, Blair. Okay, so keep your eyes peeled, not only on this platform, but across social media on 24-7 Sports and 
on 247sports.com to figure out if, if Rajon will actually announce uh, with 247 Sports and CBS Sports HQ. Now, you mentioned USC there, and, and obviously Corey Foreman was a big pillar that fell, and, and that's one of those foundation, one of those building blocks that we've discussed in the past where USC needs to get back to dominating the line of scrimmage if they hope to make a charge at the college football playoff. We know that they're going to be set at quarterback. We know that they're going to have big-time receivers every year. Uh, obviously, the defensive backs, and there's one that we're going to talk about in a little bit in Damani Jackson, who's one of the, the stars of the 2022 class. They're always going to stack up at the skill positions. Now, Rajon is, I think, a prototypical inside linebacker. I like his athleticism. I think he can do some stuff in the boundary. He can do some stuff in the flat. But I, I, I think his highest upside is in the box and in that near near that line of scrimmage where he can attack gaps and fill holes and and stop the run game how big would that be for the trojans to be able to not only add him but you know bring him along with a Corey foreman and, and kind of continue to build on those levels I think I think it's really big for me. He's the most complete linebacker in, in California, and, and was last year. I actually said that during the modern day broadcast. People were looking at me like Justin Flo, Justin Flo, and I, I love Justin Flo. Um, but in terms of complete, you know, you, you can kind of poo poo seven on seven all you want. But one thing about seven on seven is you get a chance to see these guys in space and watch them cover. And, and I, I've literally seen Rajon cover receivers down the field and make interceptions and, and, you know, pass breakups without holding and grabbing and looking like a corner. Now he's not a corner, but he, I'm saying, man, he actually has excellent cover skills for a linebacker. That's why, although he's got more of an inside linebacker frame, he's only about six, one, about two Oh five, two ten. Those guys usually kind of play more inside uh, outside guys. Now you, you kind of more the long, lengthy, you know, edge rushers, but I actually can see Rajon as a weak side guy who can just run around and, and just make plays in space. Very physical tackler. He's got some pass rush ability, but again, that frame wise, you, you don't see too many guys that are 6'1 and 210, 215 rushing the passer. But I, I, you do see guys like him covering running backs, covering tight ends, uh, again, playing in space, running down guys from behind, being uh, really physical and tough in the run game. That's kind of where I see him. But again, he's got versatility. It, you know, he can almost play a, a hybrid type role, you know, kind of how they use Talanoa Hufenga. 